Hello and welcome to The Nerd Degree. It's me, Brendan, and I am in the middle of preparing for our Star Wars special, which will be recorded December the 2nd at Orange Studios. In the meantime, please enjoy this episode hosted by Jeff Clark. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your nerds! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Nerd Degree. I'm your host, Jeff Clark. This episode is entitled November Rain, in which our nerds will be looking at rulers, both real and fictional, and determining which team will take the throne as they duke it out to take the crown, and who will be stuck in the Iron Mask. I'd like to introduce our panellists for you this evening, and as you introduce yourself, please, panellists, if you'd also like to proclaim what you are the king-slash-queen-slash-ruler of. So on my right, we have Team Monarch Butterfly, represented by... My name's Henry Nellis. If I had to be a ruler of anything, it would be what goddamn time I'd go to work. Um, <laughs> uh, getting up in the morning is, is quite hard. So at this stage, you're just the king of wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Ben Allen, and I am the king of not getting enough sleep. I'd like to be ruler of the Alpha and the Omega, I think, if I could rule anything. Those are two Greek leaders, but they're yeah. also a metaphor for the beginning and the end. So that's a good thing to rule over, I feel. Yes. <laughs> so basically just the ruler of, of the start and then the, the start end. And, and, the and leave end. the middle of everything to someone else. That's right. That's just details. That's a good, yep. Good, yep. Way, good way to do it. Good way to do that. On my left, we have the team formerly known as Prince. And uh, who do we have here? My name's Erin Harrington, and 14-year-old me would be the queen of King's Quest walkthroughs, especially, <laughs> especially the walkthrough for King's Quest Seven, which I got stuck two-thirds of the way through. But as it was kind of pre-internet, I couldn't really dig myself out of that hole. Was it an actual hole in the game, or was it? Uh, that happened to me in one of the King's Quests. <laughs> Let's just say yes. Okay. Yes, it was, Jeff. My name is Brendan Bennett, and I would be the king of sofas. You can work that out for yourselves. <laughs> just a, a lazy boy or just like lounging around? I'd be the sofa king. Lovely. Huh. Sofa, so good. <laughs> Wonderful. And um, in the sound box keeping score, we have our royal scorekeeper. How are you, royal scorekeeper? I'm doing very well. <laughs> That's lovely. I, I'd like to remind you that you are our third royal scorekeeper, uh, as the last two displeased us and were boiled alive in oil. I promise to bring satisfaction to your scorekeeping needs. <laughs> Thank you very much, a royal scorekeeper. Well, we're about to go into the first round, which is the nerdly news round. But first, can we have the teams roll for initiative to see who's going to have first crack at the first question? You got a 16 before. I was confident with your roll. Oh, oh, Ooh, six, oh, we can say we can say all two. Ooh. It's either a sixteen or a ninety-one. Ninety-one. <laughs> <laughs> then ours is either a nineteen or a sixty-one. Ah, nineteen. Ah, lovely. So the team formerly known as Prince gets to go first in the first round. Nerdly news, but who is our sponsor for this round? Royal scorekeeper. The nerdly news is brought to you by King from Tekken. King from Tekken. Forward. Wait. Down, forward, wait, left, punch, plus right, punch. <laughs> Educational and entertaining. Wonderful. All right, so, um, team formerly known as Prince, you have the opportunity to answer this question. If you can think of the answer right away, then you will get five points. Hmm. Question one. Boston, Massachusetts, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Columbus, Ohio are the top three U.S. cities for people who want to do what? I can only think of really awful things. Mm. It does, it does relate to something awful that could happen. So, uh, well, uh, there's, a, there's a royal theme. 
So people who want to proclaim themselves kings. Because <laughs> America they... is the country for that. <laughs> if you want to proclaim yourself king, go to America. Burger yes, king-related um, fatalities. Oh, people uh, who live in Burger King. Uh, I could help you. They, they might want to proclaim themselves governor. Ooh. Perhaps. It's is the this... home of the most Mitt Romneys. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I'll hand it over to Team Monarch Butterfly. Any idea why uh, those three cities are... Columbus, the... Boston, and, and where? Salt Lake City. Mormons? Um, full of Mormons. Um, uh, Irish Mormons. Irish Mormons. <laughs> so, Governor. Um, well, the Governor. Yeah. The Governor. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger related. No, no. No. No idea? No idea. All right, well, um, according to a uh, study, they are the best US cities to survive the zombie apocalypse. Yes, career builder and the economic <laughs> modelling specialists international created a zombie <laughs> apocalypse index, trying to predict which of America's largest cities stood the best chance of surviving a zombie apocalypse based on their employment and export data. They rank cities. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, they rank the cities on um, essential elements that they deemed crucial to surviving a zombie apocalypse, namely uh, defence, containment food and supplies, i.e. canned goods, and the resources to research or create a cure. So as an open question, uh, where would the safest place be for you during a zombie apocalypse? Where do you think would be safe for you guys? Me personally? Yes, yes, where would you like to be? In New Zealand. In New Zealand, yeah. Uh, can I stay in my house with my dog <laughs> For who doesn't like other people? Yeah, yeah, that's a possible one. Okay, good. I say other. every time I'm in Bunnings. I, <laughs> like, that's the time when I think about the zombie apocalypse the most. Bunnings. Well, you can take Bunnings and I'll take Pack and Save and we can string up some, like, string and paper cup telephone type exchange and do swapsy swapsies when we need. Yeah, we'll I would say uh, Reefton because people over there would have a lot of experience because it's pretty dead already. <laughs> <laughs> but they did yeah. generate their own power. The, they were the first place in New Zealand to generate power, weren't they? You could, you could set up a little hydroelectric dam just for yourself for, mm, that's for right. zombie zapping purposes. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Quail so. Island. Just Quail Island. Could you could just go to Quail Island. Excellent. I will give Stuart um, Island. Yeah, lovely. Well, I will. I will give. Um, I will give uh, t- the team formerly known as Prince uh, three points Ooh. for the uh, speculation there, and I will give uh, Team Monarch Butterfly uh, two points uh, purely for suggesting the West Coast. <laughs> well done. Yes. All right. Um, I will hand over now to uh, Team Monarch Butterfly. Question number two: What significant nerd cultural milestone was recently celebrated after several false starts? Ah. I think I know this one. Mm. Uh, we have just passed October 21st, 2015, which is Back to the Future 2 day. Mm, uh, where Marty and Doc Brown arrive in the future. The now. The now. <laughs> Only to discover that not everyone has a fax machine in their house. Yes. Disappointing. <laughs> uh, we haven't made 19 Jaws movies either, which is another disappointment. And no hoverboards. No, there are a number. There are a number of pieces of technology that they haven't made. Well, they did come out with that hoverboard, but it's like oh, only if you're on this copper surface, this strict area, <laughs> this, this, this small square that I have bought with the board. Over to uh, the team formerly known as Prince. What are some other pieces of technology that the Back to the Future Two movie actually did get right? Uh, drones. Yep. Uh, televisions with spl- I mean TV split screen chatty chatty. Things. Yep. Yep. Those mm. things. Um, those things. Yes. <laughs> Michael J. Fox is now old. 
that is <laughs> technically correct. Um, yes. um, and, he, and he tried on the Nike lace-up shoes as well. Yes, and they are they are bringing out... Nike have developed the mm. laceless, self-lacing shoes. Which is, and I think, didn't Pepsi bring out the, you know, the Pepsi bottle he gets in the future? But I think they brought it out actually when the movie came out. They did, they did. But they actually are... They massively underestimated the demand for it. And so it sold out very quickly. So there were lots of very, very angry people. Do these, do these Nike shoes, are they going to create a paradox since they're based on the movie, like... <laughs> you know, like where did the idea come from? So it's the if bootstrap paradox for self lacing shoe, shoe paradox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sh- How do we paradox. know also that we're not living in the hellish dystopia of the alternate timeline ruled over by Biff Tannen? Mm. And Biff Tannen, <laughs> well, Biff Tannen, like Rupert AKA Murdoch Donald or someone Trump. like that. Yeah, Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, that is absolutely correct. Um, I'll give you five points there. Uh, Team Monarch Butterfly as a courtesy throw to uh, the team formerly known as Prince. Already. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a sympathetic ruler. Where did the false meme come from? Oh, false, well, someone, someone made a fake um, screenshot from mm. uh, Back to you, the Future. Do you, do you know the they name of the, the magazine wrong, that did it? They had the wrong. Was it, did they do it on purpose? Yes, they did. Just to be dicks. Yes. <laughs> so dicks from the future. Pretty much. Dicks on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Unheard of. What's, what can can you can you give us a hint? Like, is it a reputable publication? No, I I didn't know of it before that. Okay. Um, it, it it was a, it was a film related publication. So not reputable. Not reputable. <laughs> <laughs> really. Um um I don't know. No, it was it was Total Film who produced a fake screenshot in uh, 2010 uh, in June, claiming that it was when in fact it was. The 21st of October 2015, which means that all of the Back to the Future movies now take place in the past. Mm. Think about that. Goodness me. But I'll give two points to team formerly known as Prince for their correct identification of drones and multi-panel TVs. All right, back to uh, team formerly known as Prince. The future of food is looking a lot greener thanks to who... And why? Is that the Soylent Corporation? Mm. <laughs> well, that's possible. Soylent Green? Mm. <laughs> Basically, uh, based on something recent, um, it might be the only safe dietary choice. What? Oh. People? Mm. What, people? What? <laughs> because now that now the bacon is carcinogenic. Uh, Spoiler that's alert. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Yes, yes. For a 40-year-old film. Um, yeah, that well, no one has ever watched or yeah. will ever watch. Uh, according to research that was largely misreported, all meat's going to kill you straight mm. away, or maybe in the future, or maybe not at all. That's pretty much So that narrows it down yeah. a lot. Right. No, that's right. There was a, a recent study by the World Health Organization, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, has classified processed meat as carcinogenic to humans and consumption of red meat as probably carcinogenic to humans, which means that bacon, sausage, beef, jerky and ham are now in the same category as alcohol, cigarettes and plutonium. Oh, hold, on. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, Jeff. So, so your assumption here is can't eat bacon, therefore humans. There's no, like, there's no other options. Well, it's the only real logical move, isn't it? I mean, if For you want to eat... I think, um, I think humans count as red meat as well. You are what you eat. They do. That, like, because, because cause there was a carrier was quite, quite hysterically reported and people said mm. stuff like bacon is now as dangerous as asbestos and stuff like that, which mm. means, like, 
Does that mean that we need professionals to go around and remove it from other people's houses? Because I'll do that. I'm like, if that's a job now, I can deal with people's bacon if, if they need to get rid of it. I'm if, just saying. I can you shouldn't be using bacon as insulation in your roof. For like, one no. thing. And if you're, getting, if you're getting lung cancer based on bacon consumption, bacon. you're yeah, doing so. it wrong. <laughs> Smoked bacon. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Very good. Yes, the, the, the study only found that basically it was a 17% increased risk of bowel cancer from eating 100 grams of red meat per day and an 18% increase from consuming 50 grams of processed meat per day. Did but they measure what would happen if you ate a sizzler? <laughs> I don't think that classifies as meat. <laughs> it, it doesn't. That's why they can't call it a sausage. It's or is called it, a sizzler is for it a reason. Is it a super meat? Because it's got four different types of animals. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it literally, you're laughing, but it literally does. Mm. If you look in the ingredients, it has four different types I, of animals. I choose not to look at the ingredients. Okay. <laughs> yes, ignorance is bliss. Five points to the team formerly known as Prince, and uh, uh, one point to the Monarch Butterfly Ooh. for Ben's selfless offer. Seriously, to eat if anyone, I'll, I'll charge you. I'll charge you twelve hundred bucks. You leave your house for three days. You come back, and all your dangerous bacon is gone. <laughs> one point and a pack of bacon. There you go. Team Monarch Butterfly. Which gaming company hopes that their apologies can stop them feeling blue and recreate a boom in the industry? Think fast. Well, so many games companies are apologising all the time now mm. for everything they ever do releases. Um, stop them from feeling blue mm. and cause a boom mm. and think fast. Yes, those those were all key things that I see, weren't they? <laughs> it was a good recap. <laughs> yeah. I thought. Can you tell I'm still looking for time? Yeah. Sonic well, the Hedgehog. Well, Henry thinks up yeah. the answer. Ah, yes. Oh, Seriously? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Sega. I was just thinking th- think fast and exploding that um, that kind of uh, virtual reality cooperative game. Um, keep talking and no one no one explodes. Keep talking, no one explodes. It sounds great. It's a it's a virtual reality game where one person has a bomb, and then the other people have literally like a thick manual, and they read out parts of the bomb they're looking at, and they have to defuse it. So that would some, something that people would do up. for fun. Yeah. So yeah. like speed, yeah. speed for chatterboxes. Yeah. Wow. Which segues into hedgehogs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why has Sega been apologising for Sonic the Hedgehog. He's been so bad for so long. That, that, that's the crux of what they've been apologising right. for. <laughs> Yes, um, Sega has enjoyed considerable success in the, in the 90s with Sonic the Hedgehog, but they've more recently had a string of critical and commercial failures, uh, such as Sonic Boom, The Rise of Lyric. They apologised in July for betraying their fans when the CEO and President Hajime Satomi went so far as to say, we've lost trust and now have nothing but reputation, and promised that Sonic games won't suck anymore. <laughs> there was one where he infamously, there was like some evil doppelganger of Sonic the Hedgehog, and he's all emo, and he's like a black Hedgehog, well, there was knuck- there was knuckles and then there was yeah tails no, the fox. You can, no, tails the fox yeah what was the, what was that game called Jeff the one Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric because I think I think historically there's never been a good movie or game with Rise of in the <laughs> in the title mm. like you can instantly write it off For example. Right. Underworld Rise of the Lycans. Oh, Rise, Rise of the Tribe was awesome. Rise of the Machines. The game. Yeah, Rise <laughs> of the Machines. Yeah. Designing um, a game called, you know, Sonic the Racist was really, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bad movie. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that in Great Britain it is specifically illegal to kill a hedgehog with a machine gun? <laughs> it's just something I read today. <laughs> I wonder how many people did that before they're like, guys, we've got to make this. <laughs> <all right."> <laughs> That's <laughs> it, I'm running on more about this. <laughs> hedgehogs. Which actually brings up well, another point. I feel like you see more dead hedgehogs than live ones. Mm. All with Ooh. machine gun bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a question. Which, which gaming character do you think deserves a comeback? 
I reckon the dog in Rise of the Triad. Mm-hmm. You can play in dog mode, and um, is it called Bark Blast, where you run around and kind of explode people with, with the power of your bark? <laughs> I'm not oh, making this that up. Sounds, <laughs> kind of sounds like you are. That's awesome. No, that's, that sounds incredibly plausible. That's, that's in The Last of Us 2, I kind of want Naughty Dog to bring back Crash Bandicoot. Kind of in the Last of Us, yeah. In the, the, last, in of the last of Us too, like it's a he just kind of he crawls out of this hole and he's been like living alone for ages. And I think that would be cool. He's a, he's a very just. I don't know if you've seen an actual Bandicoot, but it's not a very accurate representation. Oh, <laughs> Her sister no, was, though, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was entirely more um, right. scientifically correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I will give um, four points to um, Team Monarch Butterfly. For getting the correct answer, but um, you 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 put them at the post by identifying Sonic the Hedgehog first, Brendan. So uh, your team will also get a point yes. for that. Yes. Well done. Uh, question five uh, for the team formerly known as Prince: How have a bunch of social media users had their feathers ruffled recently, and do they like it? Yes. Was it consensual? <laughs> no, it was done without the consent. Then no, they did not like it. No, Ooh. no, they didn't. Yeah. Um, all those, all the chickens who have their own Facebook pages. <laughs> that's, the, that's yeah. That's, Pigeon Tumblr. That's the wrong. <laughs> that, those, those are two platforms, but not the one that I'm looking for. Twitter. Yes. Oh, what there, have they there's, done? there's been epic, angry New Zealand Twitter wars. Yes. Oh, oh. Did, didn't they change the favourite stars from, became a, from a star to a heart? Exactly. Stars in their yes. Hearts. Yes, that is correct. Uh, Twitter has removed the favourites and replaced them with likes. And, and transformed the little star icon you would have next mm. to a, a, a tweet with hearts. And they, they said, you might like a lot of things, but not everything can be your favourite. I know oh. what I, like, I can kind of relate to that, because the thing I hate about favourites is the cherry ripe. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I like a box of favourites, but I'm, I'm always offering that to the, you know, to, oh, hey, you, you want a chocolate? Like, it has to be this one or the mint one. The cherry ripe. Oh, come on, the mint... Oh, the, I, the thing that I really liked about when it was a star was that you know you'd be temporarily invulnerable for about ten seconds after you clicked <laughs> on one. Mm, but Hearts got positive feelings, right? So just this one simple change is probably going to be all we need to repair Twitter's reputation as a human cesspit. That, uh, <laughs> now that we've got Hearts, it's going to be the, all the love, human Twitter piece, love yes. and peace all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. and we and we know how much people online love change. That was uh, that was correct. You got there eventually. So four points. Oh, thanks, to, uh, Team formerly known as Prince, Team Monarch Butterfly. Uh, what is boldly going back to where it all began? Oh, I'm pretty sure you just gave us the uh, tagline there. Um, they are going to remake another Star Trek series. That or, is or correct. Do, do, do another Star Trek series. Yes. yes. Back on TV. Um, but, but not TV. And online streaming service. CBS's online streaming service, which is not TV. It's going back to the internet. So really, Jeff, your question's entirely wrong. <laughs> because they didn't even have the internet in 1955. And now I question your entire credentials to host this quiz. <laughs> 1955, 1966. 1955 1966 <laughs> 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 <laughs
Uh, it will have new characters seeking imaginative new worlds and new civilizations. They said in a relatively unimaginative and repetitive catchphrase. They said that they, that they kind of wanted to go back to the 1990, uh, 1966 kind of original, you know, like it's got morals and, and, that, and that sort of morals. stuff. Morals. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they all had kind of lessons. Like I feel like at the end of the show, they just needed to turn to the camera and be like, what did we learn, kids? Yes. Yeah, it's always, no. and by the way, yeah. those aliens represented racism. Yeah. <laughs> but all cool those that. lovely females. Well, aliens were fantastic. Yes. That's the um, of each of them. I feel like you said it was going to come to television eventually, so that's mm. cool because I think the, the, the technically savvy demographic that are interested in Star Trek will all wait the appropriate amount of time for it to legally appear on television <laughs> in order to watch it. So that's that's good. Of course they will. Yeah, of course yeah. they will. Well, that's, that's five points to you, Team Monarch Butterfly. I, I'm, I'm sort of looking for. They have said that it's not going to be connected to the third reboot film, uh, Star Trek Beyond. Which is which is interesting. Um, and so, who do you think who do you think the captain should be on this new ship, and what should it be called? I well, I think they should break with tradition and have no captain at all. Should no be captain. just run as like a, a socialist commu- a, yeah, democracy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like they all sit in a circle <laughs> and say, "Listen, guys, um, look, the Klingons are out there. Who feels like we should fight back?" <laughs> It's an anarchist collective. A collective is dangerous talk in the Star Trek <laughs> universe. So what I'm saying like is it should be the ball. What like a franchise crossover and get both of you, like Captain Pugwash, get him on there, or like get Captain Caveman from that cartoon. Like, imagine him in charge of a 23rd century starship. That would be a whole Spun- be his own set of challenges. In space. <laughs> he could have like a red shirt, and every time he goes down to the planet, he just dies, and they have to keep getting another captain. Yeah, mm. Cap- Captain Hook. New every captain, time, like, new captain, captain every week. Like, they go to another planet, and Captain Hook is once again. Distracted by a space crocodile that's trying to eat his hand, you know, it's a big space problem. clock. Yeah. All right, yeah, interesting. We'll right, on. last question, which is for the team formerly known as Prince. What king has recently crushed a sweet deal with the rulers of Azeroth worth billions of dollars? Oh, this is um, Candy Crush. Mm. Um, Blizzard are paying like something like six billion. Uh, for Candy Crush, yes, which is two billion more than Disney paid for Star Wars. That wow. is absolutely correct. Activision Blizzard, who are the gaming empire behind World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, and Guitar Hero, has purchased King Digital Entertainment for five point nine billion dollars, which means they now own their entire stable of popular games, including Candy Crush Saga. <laughs> what about like there was like Bubble Witch Saga and, and like Farmyard pretty much anything was Saga yeah, I'm sorry, sorry I said successful games oh <laughs> they've really devalued the word Saga haven't they Candy Crush but well, again they tried, they tried to they actually tried to the trademark the name yeah. Saga well, Going what, back what's, to what's my... the Twilight Saga Twilight Saga not a lot. <laughs> Good. Not a lot. Their, 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 their attempt to copyright it failed, I believe. They, they tried to copyright uh, Candy and Crush and Saga, um, but the people who already sold things like Candy, candy. and... People, people who had crushes. Yeah, people who had crushes, and things that already existed that had Saga, sort of said, um, no, and I don't think it was like, successful. I'm just thinking, going like back to my bacon removal idea, <laughs> <laughs> like, f- for a small additional charge, and I'm, I'm happy to take less than $5.9 billion, I'll mm. take, say, a couple of hundred thousand, I can crush all the candy in your house for you while I'm removing the bacon, and then you get two birds with one stone. Crush with your teeth? Well, you know, that's a net benefit to me as well. But Well, that, that, that would be reasonably hazardous to your health, but not as hazardous to your health as it was for one man in San Diego. Can you guess how a candy crush injured him? Did he get, like, epic carpal tunnel arm freeze? Yes. Yes, he did. He, he ruptured... I made that up! <laughs> he ruptured a tendon in his thumb. 
Oh. Yes, from p- playing it for it, eight days straight. Is that straight. what he told the doctor? <laughs> no, that's not less embarrassing. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well done, well done. That's, uh, that's five points and a bonus point to you for getting Ooh. both of those correct to the team's formerly known as points. That brings us to the end of the Nerdly News. <laughs> Royal Scorekeeper, where do these scores stand? Currently, the team formerly known as Prince is in the lead with 21 points, while Monarch Butterfly are bringing up the rear with 17. Mm. Thank you very much, Royal Scorekeeper. You please me. All right, Mm. we're going into our next round. What a dick, Tater. Uh... (laughs) Who's our sponsor for this round? Do you want to lead the Autobots? Then you need the Autobot Matrix of Leadership. Because nothing says I am the best robot to be in charge like a glowing orb ripped from the chest of your dead predecessor. The Matrix of Leadership. Who needs democracy? Wonderful. And, uh, what a dictator. I will read some quotes from fictional dictators or evil rulers. Each team must ding when you think you can identify who said it, which is worth a point, and or what work it is from, which is another point. Are we down to one <coughs> bell per team now? No, yes. no, we've got two we've bells. Got two oh, bells. I don't know what your problem is. Oh, sure. Here's a bell, Ben. Slash the budget on this show or something. Okay. Three, three. Okay. I'm sorry. All right. Your first quote. Good Lord. I wonder if it was the wine. No, seems perfectly all right to me. And now at last I shall be king of England. Oh, that's from Blackadder. Correct. And is Blackadder. Correct, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was Edmund Blackadder from the Black Adder. Open question, how many times was Edmund successful in becoming king of England? He becomes space king in the future, doesn't he? In uh, the Christmas special? Mm. Technically it's gr- Grand High General of oh. the Dark Segment. <laughs> Okay, you called my bluff. The third, he assumes the the role of Prince Henry because the Prince Harry, yeah, Prince George, Prince George, because Prince George is actually dead. That is correct. Yes, he presumably goes on to become king once. Yes, and then he's also king in Black of the First in that scene because everyone else is dead. Yes, but then he dies, so that's twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not in the fourth one. Show us your working. He's showing us his working out loud. Yes, (laughs) and the second one. uh, No, they all die. What's your final answer? Final number. Two times. One time. No, no bonus point. It's actually three times because he alters history in Blackadder back and forth. Although technically he's King Edmund III, so that would imply five times, now that I'm thinking out loud. Right, quote number two. (laughs) Never mind the milk, comrades. That will be attended to. The harvest is more important. Comrade Snowball will lead the way. I shall follow... Is that from Animal Farm? Correct. And who says it? Uh, One of the animals. Napoleon. (laughs) Correct, a point each way. Napoleon in Animal Farm. Number three. Slave in the magic mirror, come from the farthest space. Through wind and darkness I summon thee, speak. Let me see thy face. Magic mirror on the wall, who is fairest? (laughs) I believe you just dinged in. Um, Is it it the the evil queen from, from Snow White? Yes, correct. The Queen from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I thought it was Mark Zuckerberg from the social network. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost acceptable, right. but not quite. Okay. I, like, I like how it was like one of those songs where you don't quite know it, and then it hits the chorus yeah. yes. that you can kind of sing along with. Yeah. Quote number four, and it's a long one. Oh, oh come on. Well, you can, you can stop me any time. <laughs> Is it King Kong? No. That famous speech from King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. 
It's the great dictator, Charlie Chaplin. Correct. Oh, well man. done. <laughs> I had. I love that speech, mm. but it's really good when he does it. Watch it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you I'm may sure keep you'll be good your too, points, <laughs> but you have won a powerful enemy. <laughs> uh, bonus question: Who is older, Charlie Chaplin or Adolf Hitler? Oh, that was Henry. That was yes, pathetic. Um, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Correct. By how much? Probably about 30 years. No, by four days. No, but, but like Hitler killed himself, so... <laughs> like, ah, I see. Considerably I see. outlived him. That, that is true. They both had the same moustache at birth as well. Which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's not, um, Charlie Chaplin was born on the 16th of April, 1889, and Hitler was born on the 20th of April, 1889. Charlie Chaplin often remarked that uh, their lives were very, very similar in a lot of ways, and he became a comedian and the other became a madman. It could have quite easily gone the other way. Quote number five. War, terrible war. Widows, orphans, a motherless child. This was the uprising that rocked our land. Uh, President Snow, Hunger Games? Correct. Something in my generation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just shut up for the whole blink. Henry now <laughs> makes me feel old. That's great. Okay. Number six. Who killed my sister? Who killed blank blank? Was it you? Well, my little pretty, I can cause accidents too. Oh, it's yeah. the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. <laughs> I yes. got one. I nice. finally got one. From? From Wizard of Oz. Yes. yes. It is the Wicked Witch of the West I from the Wizard one. of Oz. Arriving in a strange land, a teenage girl... Kills the first person she meets and then teams up with three strangers to kill again. <laughs> That's a great summary. Sounds like sucker punch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Number seven. You know, blank, I'm a little disappointed in you. Did you honestly think by all this you could save the human traitor? You were giving me your life and saving no one. So much for love. Tonight, the deep magic will be appeased. But tomorrow, we will take, blanky blank, forever. In that knowledge, despair and die. Is it Krull? No. You read that really beautifully, Jeff. Thank you. Is it Mark Zuckerberg and the Social Network? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. No. Any last guesses? No. It was Jadis, the White Witch, in The Lion, the oh, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Deep magic. Yes. Number eight. Hidely ho, slaverinos. Okay, everyone. <laughs> let's see some. Yes? Ned Flanders and the Simpsons? Which specific one of the Simpsons? Oh! Uh, is it. <laughs> okay, Ben. Okay, you, a point for you, but. Treehouse of Horror 2? No, it's Treehouse of Horror 5. How five. could you think it was 2, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> okay. yes, uh, yes, Ned Flanders and the, the popular time traveling Homer. There's a lot of time travel in this episode as well. Um, what other versions of evil Flanders have we seen? Oh, there's one where he's the devil. Yes, yeah. that's correct. There's the one where we actually see the evil inside. That's true. That's every episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, he's yep. left-handed, which is sinister. Yes. Uh, no, Ned Flanders has appeared as the devil, a werewolf, a mutant, an evil clone of Homer, a serial killer, and possibly a zombie, although Homer didn't really check before he shot him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. It is with great reluctance that I have agreed to this calling. Uh, is that uh, uh, well, Senator Palpatine or Chancellor Palpatine? I love democracy. See? Yes, <laughs> that's some good writing. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. In which? In which? Uh, which one? Oh, um, 
Episode 2. Yes, correct. Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. That brings us to the end of What a Dictator. Where do the uh, scores stand, Royal Scorekeeper? Well, Geoffrey, the Monarch Butterfly are currently on 25 points, but still in the lead, the team formerly known as Prince are on 29 points. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. All right, that brings us now to round three, the four speculations. This round is brought to you by LucasAid. The drink for directors who have run out of passion or enthusiasm to do good work. <laughs> when your franchise is running out of energy, drink LucasAid or sell the rights to Disney. Yes, that's very topical. A lot of nerds have a really good feeling about this Christmas thanks to the spectacular trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens. And so do Disney, since the movie has already broken sales records before it even opens and is poised to be king of the box office this year. The trailer has also been very coy about not giving away any plot details at all, including Luke Skywalker being notably absent from the trailer and poster. So, in fine nerd tradition, we are going to wildly speculate as to what the plot of the new Star Wars film could be. But... Since Disney now own the Star Wars franchise and are increasingly in the arena of world-building and cross-promotion, each team must include a character from another Disney franchise in their plot. Team formerly known as Prince, I challenge you to give a summary of Star Wars The Force Awakens, incorporating one or more of the Disney princesses. Oh, okay. Well, it has a Disney princess already. It's got Princess Leia in it. Well, one of the, one of the mainstream Disney princesses. <laughs> Uh, that Nothing less mainstream than Star Wars. Aerial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you will have uh, up to a minute to do your summary, and your time will start now. Well, Leia is getting on a bit, but she's been a powerful working woman all her life. Yes, yes, this is not uh, in a galaxy uh, long, long ago. This is in a shop down the road on a corner filled with cupcakes. Yes, it's a tale as old as time. But no, cupcakes are flavoured with thyme or coriander or cumin or paprika. Instead, they're flavoured with love, princess tears, and um, anything that uh, Snow White's tiny little birds will bring into the room. Yes. Um, And then uh, when she accidentally pricks her finger on a lightsaber, she falls into a... a Carbonite um, <laughs> coma, <laughs> and and is frozen until she's she's rescued by uh, a prince. All the princes are the same. She's rescued by every single prince. Every single prince who is handsome, has wishy blonde hair, has a puffy shirt, and not much of a name. Yes, she she looks up at the prince and says, "Aren't you a little bit short for a prince?" And he says, aren't you a little bit old for a princess? And then she slaps him. <laughs> Great. Lovely. Thank you very much. Well done. Well done. I like how you got frozen in there as well, guys. Yeah, it's mm. good. Right. Team Monarch Butterfly, uh, I would like you to speculate as to the plot of The Force Awakens, but I'd like you to include, uh, given they're into toys, one or more characters from Toy Story into Star Wars The Force Awakens. You have a one minute to pitch me your movie from now. Well, we've all seen in the trailer, of course, the mysterious... Uh, masked figure, Kylo Ren. Now, we don't know who he is. We know he's got a lightsaber. Uh, we know that he's a, a, a space-faring villain. And what we don't find out until we watch the movie is that when he takes off that mask, it's Buzz Lightyear. Mm, that's true. <laughs> he's been terrorising the Gamma Quadrant of Sector 4 for far too long. 
He he's been um, uh, uh, waiting till all of the, all of the people of uh, Sector Four are asleep, and then he'll get up and uh, do his do his Sith bidding. Yeah, he became twisted by uh, the dark side and started taking to infinity and beyond as like a literal measurement of the area of space that he should rule over. And so that he he's risen up through the ranks. He's and he's backed by his army of toy friends. All of whom uh, rebel heroes will be up against. So you're going to see epic uh, battles like uh, Chewbacca versus Potato Head. That's going to be a big one. It's like a knockdown, no holds barred fight in the end. Um, uh, at one point, Kylo Ren cuts open um, the dinosaur and sleeps in him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And and um, and 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 the big finish, of course. Is uh, the big uh, fight scene between Luke Skywalker, who comes back, and uh, Buzz Lightyear, which he can only uh, succeed in the end by uh, hitting the re- pulling his batteries out <laughs> at the back and changing them to Spanish mode, and he becomes L- Los Ren. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. All two very good ones. Um, well done. So, audience, I'd like you to pick from one or the other. You can either oh. either go for... Uh, what was it? What, uh, the, yeah, you can't even remember, can you? Either go for the Disney princess... The, the Space Princess Diaries. The Space Princess Diaries or the Toy Story uh, Force Awakens. Toy Story Wars. Toy cool. Story oh. Wars. All right, so um, please applaud for who you, th- who you think should get the points. Disney princesses? <laughs> or Toy Story? <laughs> All right, uh... Toy Story, uh, so a Monarch Butterfly would get five points, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to deduct two points for going significantly over time. Oh. So that's three points Gosh. for you there. Which uh, brings us now to uh, round four, the final round, entitled Everybody Wants to Rule the World. This round is brought to you by Arthur's Furniture. Try our round tables. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, much like uh, in this round... The two teams have each chosen a fictional ruler or leader that they think deserves the role of supreme ruler of Earth. They don't know the other team's choice. Following their initial statements, they will then debate the relative merits of their chosen leader and in good political fashion try to undermine their opponent. The nerd degree being a democracy, for now, you guys will vote who wins. So, um, the team formerly known as Prince, you are currently in the lead. Who have you nominated for supreme ruler of Earth? Uh, The king of monsters. No, he's the king of our hearts. He's Godzilla. Godzilla, wonderful, wonderful. Team Monarch Butterfly, who's your candidate? Um, well, we thought about this, and we went to historical pop culture, and we think mm, the best, mm. the best leader of the world, the modern world, is Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Mm. Well, Godzilla versus Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would say that. <laughs> All right. So, um, your opening statements. You have sixty seconds each. Team formerly known as Prince, please make your opening statements now. Ladies and gentlemen, what what makes a great leader? Well. I looked up on the internet the seven qualities that any great leader needs. For example, inspires action. A great leader inspires action. Well, Godzilla inspires more action than any other leader. Mostly running in terror, but it is action. Occasionally rolling out the tanks, which is a great example of deploying military force as a leader. It's quite extraordinary. I mean, most we, we decided that most leaders uh, mean really well, but they fail to achieve their goals. But it's better here to have a leader who is completely indifferent to humanity. Uh, one who helps occasionally, often unintentionally. Um, and that way, we always know where we stand. Yes, and where we stand is anywhere but directly in front of Godzilla. <laughs> So to be a highly effective leader, you must be optimistic, in which case you might uh, keep steering forwards and blaring out with your great atomic ray. 
Yes. You need integrity, and Godzilla has integrity in spades. He's never lied. Um, <laughs> you, you need to support and facilitate your team and uh, as the one of the longest running franchises running for 61 years now he has a great team there's Mothra's cousin uh, Batara who's an eco-warrior his minister for the environment Smog Monster Hedora and the transportation portfolio doing a great job and of course Mecha Godzilla running the Ministry of Technology Innovation and Enterprise he's a great leader with a great team thank you All right, uh, Team Monobotify, you have up to 90 seconds since that's how long they went for your opening statement. Well, one of the greatest problems facing our modern world today is, of course, inequality. Now, who better to address this problem than Robin Hood? He's got a very, very strong wealth redistribution program. <laughs> it's going to be tremendous, and it's going to make great strides in evening up things throughout the world. Mm, that's true. I mean, and when he hits that bullseye once, it's not just a one-off thing. He can hit it again and again and again. He can do it with his eyes closed behind his back. He will have our backs. Consistency. Consistency is the key, and that's what Robin Hood brings. Now, let's face it, in the, in the event that Earth enters an interstellar war, which is going to happen any minute now, mm. <laughs> when the aliens come for us, they're going to be a superior force, they're going to be overwhelming in numbers, and they're going to outmatch us in every turn. And we're going to need a leader who can hide us in the woods. And the, the leader that can hide Earth in the woods is Robin Hood. He'll, he'll lead them on a merry dance. They'll be looking for the planet, but he'll be one step ahead of them every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Conci- a concise opening statement from Team Monarch Butterfly. Uh, some rebuttal from... Uh, We've got a lot to say. Oh, yes, right. They'll be hiding in the woods until there are no more woods because they've been blasted all away. Unless, of course, you have a 100 metre tall giant lizard and his uh, coterie blasting straight back. He has a proven track record against alien invaders. And, and he's absolutely against inequality. He's an equal opportunity destroyer. He creates a level playing field for everyone. <laughs> right, a response from the Robin Hood... Uh, I think you have to look at uh, the, the, the aim of every leader is to increase the prosperity of their people. And under Godzilla, we will literally be under Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I mean, it's hard to rule people when you're killing and decimating the population. It's, uh, uh, I, I, yeah. I have to disagree. I think we were after the ruler of Earth, not the ruler of humans. Mm. In, in, which, in which case, I, I think Godzilla is a really fantastic candidate because he's not speciesist like humans. Mm. I, I'm, I'm intrigued by your pro-human extinction platform <laughs> <laughs> that you're running on. But no, no, ambivalence towards humans. <laughs> let's, bring, let's bring this back to the everyday mum and dad investors, right? Mm. And the uh, human audience that will vote for the winner. That's right. Robin Hood, <laughs> extremely tough on corporate excesses. <laughs> Very, very hard on, on uh, Wall Street fat cats, who, let's face it, we all hate. And, and like, when it comes down to it, Godzilla, what's he going to be like at the negotiation table? This. Yes, yes, he does have a few scandals and, as we decided earlier, a few million skeletons in the closet. But this just goes to show that a good leader can rise from the ashes reborn again and again. Right, right, right. That ends the, the debate phase. You now each have uh, 30 seconds to make your closing statements. Uh, since you went first, Team Godzilla, make your closing statement now. Well, I think we should leave it to Godzilla himself to have the closing statement. And as he has said in all of his appearances... Scree-onk. <laughs> Scree-onk. 
indeed. Thank you very much. Yes, we can, Screonk. Mm. <laughs> and uh, closing statements from the Robin Hood camp. At the end of the day, who do you want to uh, have control over your life? An enormous, radioactive, 200-foot-tall, fire-eating lizard. Or Look, don't guy... make our argument for us. <laughs> <laughs> or a guy with a jolly monk as a friend <laughs> who will get you drunk any time of the day or night and uh, will, will uh, always be merry. All right, there we have it. We have the, uh, the, the king of the monsters versus the prince of thieves. So, um, audience, once again, it is up to you. Uh, please vote for the candidate you believe should be elected ruler of Earth. Applaud now if you believe it should be Godzilla. Thank you. And all those in favour of Robin Hood. I'm afraid it looks like the Robin Hood supporters are still lost in the woods because um, Godzilla <laughs> earns the points yeah. for that round. Five, five points one. for that. Well, when King John's text collectors come calling, you have no one to blame but yourselves. <laughs> That's all I can say. Right, well, before we go to the final, the announcement of the final scores, I'd like to hear recommendations, uh, starting on this side, Henry. Um, I have recently, uh, I've had it for a while, but finally played uh, the card game Love Letter, um, a game for two to four people of kind of deception. Real quick, short, snappy rounds. Um, I loved the shit out of it. Mm. Great. Star Wars, as we mentioned tonight, was, was recently bought You're by really Disney. You're really going out on a limb here, man. No, I recommend Star Wars. No, Star Wars uh, was recently bought by Disney, and uh, they biffed out, of course, the huge existing expanded universe uh, of novels and, and comics that became uh, officially defunct. And I thought I'd catch up with some of the, uh, the, the most recent issues before they... Uh, books and stuff before they um, they canned it all. And I'd like to recommend that nobody does that because they're really terrible. <laughs> they're just not very good at all and you're not missing out on anything. They just read this book and it's Han Solo hooks up with a group of people to pull an Ocean's Eleven style bank heist and it's, it's just terrible. So, so an, 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 an I recommend that you stay away from those books. An anti-recommendation. Yeah. Well, while you are not reading those uh, those expanded universe books, perhaps you could listen to The Nerd Degree, which is recorded live at Orange Studio on the first Wednesday of every month and released online at nerddegree.com. Look there for links to our Facebook, Twitter feed and iTunes. Please do go online uh, to our Facebook page and places like that to suggest ideas that you think we should cover as themes for our upcoming shows or... Uh, Questions we, sh- we can include, all for the love of God, please. Sponsors, because every Tuesday we just panic as to who's, who we should have sponsoring things. Erin? Um, I've been really geeking out to pre-code Hollywood films, so films that were made uh, between 1930 and 1934 before the census hammer came down and made everything kind of boring and quiet and stayed. So any film made between 1930 and 1934 are filthy as. I can particularly recommend uh, Cecil B. DeMille's Madam Satan, so try and find yeah. it. It's awesome. Okay, the thing, the thing that is driving me crazy at the moment, so like Henry, I'm massively into board games, as anyone who's listened to this knows. Pandemic Le- Legacy is coming out, and um, mm. it's a follow-up to Risk Legacy, which is this amazing board game where you, every time you play it, the game changes. Um, it's like playing chess, except like if you win, then the next time the other person doesn't have a knight or something like that. It's Ah, you can, oh, guys, you can, oh, just ah, oh, so good. It has uh, rendered the previously eloquent Brendan relatively primal in his guttural gruntings. Wonderful. All right, our royal scorekeeper. What are the final results? The monarch butterfly is on twenty-eight points, but the winner on thirty-four points is the team formerly known as Prince. <laughs> ah. 
Congratulations to the team formerly known as Prince. Thanks to our nerds, our live studio audience, and thank you for listening. This has been The Nerd Degree. We hope you've been amused. Mm-hmm.